Hi, I'm Katina Horton, the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach, and this is the Valley of Grace podcast, helping women reclaim their power, soul, and identity so they will know they are enough. And I've got a special treat for you today. I have special guest Ricardo Wilkins, and we're talking about toxic relationships, the safety net of comfort, and cellular redox signaling versus virtue signaling of the self-righteous cerebral narcissist. I know that's a lot of information. Before I tune into uh, this week's episode, I just want to give a shout out to Timothy Horton for bringing our intro and outro music to us every single week. Be blessed. He made a valley of grace where things would change and maybe they take up the cross high again. The valley of grace was never the same after he had died. Love that. Welcome to the Valley of Grace podcast helping women reclaim their power, soul, and identity so they will know they are enough. And I've got a special guest with me today, and his name is Ricardo Wilkins. And I just want to say welcome to the show. And then uh, what we're going to do, Ricardo, we're just going to start right off with you uh, telling the audience your life story. Wow. Well, thank you, Katina. Uh, Thank you for having me on your podcast. It is a pleasure. And I uh, look forward to sharing, you know, my story and, you know, just whatever I have to, you know, share with your with your listeners. Yes, um, you're very, very welcome. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'm I'm from the um, I'm from Maryland, the Washington D.C. area. Lived there my entire life. Uh, large family uh, that's from that area still lives in that area. Um, you know, just like a regular childhood. You know, for the most part, you know, I didn't get in too much trouble. I had to opportunity to get in trouble but my parents you know they kind of they were stricter than i would say they were stricter um than my than my friend's parents so oh really yeah so it limited my um the opportunity my exposure to situations where i could have you know really changed my life um and my dad was also very uh uh school and education oriented he was uh he grew up you know like a lot of people and um, you know, low-income homes, but he was uh, encouraged and inspired to self-educate. So mm-hmm. he had a real appreciation for education. So he made, even though I didn't want to, he made sure I studied and you know took went to college and um, you know make sure I wasn't just didn't make sure I didn't just play basketball all the time. Yeah, <laughs> okay um, to have something else to back that up just in case if that was the direction you were going you had like a a plan b if that didn't work out so to speak right yeah exactly exactly he just yeah he just knew the value in it and the value as far as not just like the future of what i did in the future Mm -hmm. but also just seeding my mind with um with information and, and different ways of thinking and seeing the world which i didn't appreciate at the time but really um, paid off for me years later mm. and so you know you know regular childhood but one thing that right. always defined my childhood mm-hmm. in a way I wasn't aware until I got maybe probably very recently was that I was just always you know I would say just scared in a way you know scared to be seen and I just stayed in my comfort zone I was mm-hmm. very I was very quiet mm. um, even like you know I mentioned I played basketball right the basketball court I didn't fully express my full potential or my full capabilities a lot of time when I was playing basketball because it was like always always um you know just like this this weight on my shoulders hmm. that I felt like was holding me back. Um so I remember do you think older, it was like um before you go on do you think it was uh like anxiety mixed in with like insecurity issues or different things like that? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I realized I, this is something I probably discovered over the last two or three years. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of people, there's, there's, the, there's this moment in our lives that kind of shape and define how we see ourselves and how we see the world. And for me, it wasn't anything that traumatic, you know, okay, it wasn't. Okay. I, but I, when I was four, 
I uh, I fell out of a car. I got thrown out of a car. Oh wow! And I was fine. I was safe. I was actually yeah. I was actually in a blanket. So wow. I scratch on me, but it was still very you know you know jolting to mm-hmm. you know, yeah you know it was very early in the morning. There weren't there weren't any cars on the road, so I was grateful for that. But I was you know scared, and I went home. So that that was one you know one incident. Then that combined that or followed that that day, my mother took me to preschool. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling the other, you know, students there or preschoolers what happened. And I was kind of excited, like, you know, this happened to me, you know, can you right. believe it? I'm okay. And they they said I was lying. And they actually told the teacher that I was telling a tale. And the teacher kind of scolded me for lying. Really? Yeah. And that kind of I think I didn't again, I didn't realize that and realize this until very recently. That kind of just defined um my life in a lot of ways as far as just not wanting to be seen not thinking i had a voice um being scared in, in certain situations yeah scared, scared to just you know step out again step out of my out of my comfort zone mm. um, but yeah so you know that really so but I, you know i went to college the uh-huh. university of maryland um just did you know i did very average in school got out of school got a government right. job, uh like a lot of people do and then I just really, I, I just stayed, you know, I went from job to job a little bit. Then I got a job for like 18 years at the U.S. EPA. Right. And well, all those, you're probably talking, probably talking about 20, 25 years. I never, I never stepped out to really um, take on positions or employment that stretched me. Um, mm-hmm. I just always, I did everything I could to do to what I thought was keeping me safe. Right. Yeah. Um, to stay comfortable, just to, you know, I'm, I mean, I can tell so many stories. I, I give you one quick one. Um, I got a job and I actually didn't have a job at this time. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a position. I can't recall what the position was, but I got there and I literally left. I walked out after about an hour or two. Really? After about an hour or two, you were gone, huh? I, I literally, and I didn't tell, and I didn't tell it's so, it's, it's so embarrassing to talk about now, but, mm. uh, it uh and i didn't tell anybody i just left and because as i got there uh as i started learning more and more about the role i i, I was like i can't do this you know it just felt oh. like it put me out there too much yeah so yep. and i you know i didn't have the courage to go talk with um you know the employer mm-hmm. or the management about how oh, i felt word. yeah yeah and I, and I left you know i just literally walked wow. out and they called me later that day. I made up some excuse that I got sick or what have you. Mm-hmm. But this, I give you that's an example of just how I just stayed safe. And I, again, I didn't have a job at that time. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, uh, but then you know that. So then I, I found a job at the US EPA, which paid okay. Um, was wasn't that challenging, and I just stayed mm-hmm. there for like 15, 17 years. Well, about fourteen years when I kind of like wait a minute. What I realized. So maybe about. This is about four or five, maybe about eight years ago now, eight, nine years ago, mm-hmm. about 14, 15 years into this position, I just, my, I saw my friend's um, careers advancing right. and making a lot more money than me. Mm-hmm. And it just dawned on me what I've been doing my entire life. I was just, wow. I, just I just realized how these decisions that I thought was keeping me safe, um, pr- that I was protecting myself was really was holding me back. Um, and I just kind of like, oh my God, I was like, what, what, what have I done? Because right. place I was in my, you know, my, wow. I was in my mid thirties at this mm-hmm. point. And I, you know, I hadn't developed certain career skills to, to advance. And i you know, I was just like, what do I, what do I do? Like, what I, was, do I do? What? I just want to interject this real quick. Sure, yeah, please. Finish, Cause I definitely want to hear the rest of it. Yeah. Maybe think about, it. I'm just going back to, um, uh, when you told your classmates about what happened with the car, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. falling out and uh, being okay and uh, letting them know what happened. And it's like when we, I know like the specialists, they always say once you have some traumatic event, one mm-hmm. of the major things that needs to happen right away after the event is to have a sense of safety yeah. Connection from other people. So mm-hmm. it's like you express yourself to uh, 
your classmates, letting them in on what had just happened to you. You know what I'm saying? This traumatic. Yeah. So at the time, you might not have even, your right. mate might not even like ascertain just how like traumatic, you know, and how bad it could have been. But it's like, wow, let me tell you about what happened. And then when they dismissed it, and invalidated you and then told the teacher about it. It's almost like it seemed like you created like this safety net around you. Of yeah. Everybody else is not safe and I cannot, um, if I express myself, I'm going to be invalidated. They're not going to believe me. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, you, like you, you built yeah, a girl around it. Yeah. You, I literally got chills. You just, you just describing that. I, I've, I've, I've never heard anyone describe it that way. Um, and I, as I, you know, you know, did introspection work, I never thought about that aspect of it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So thank, thank you for sharing that. And oh, even, you're welcome. Yeah. And even yeah, the Holy Spirit was giving me, you know, as you're talking, yeah. and I, yeah, I yeah, exactly. just mentioned That's... that, you know, what I'm saying It's like because, like I said, I know they said the first. You know, the like the the time that's closest to the incident is most important. So depending on who we talk to. We're going to yeah. be securely attached to them. It's going to determine what type of attachment style we use because depending mm. on what that person stay, you know, it's going to either be one of like four different attachment styles that's going to go on. Because even though we have our main attachment style, sometimes it changes according to who we're in conversation with. Because like if it's a person that's totally unsafe, you know, we can have and, and traumatic to deal with. We can uh, attach to them like in fearful avoided, or it could be avoided, or it could be anxious attachment style. Where sometimes we feel safe, sometimes we don't, yeah. and it seems like that's probably what happened to you. And then you got the secure attachment, which is obvious. But it seemed like, mm -hmm. like that anxious attachment, like right now they're not safe for me. So it seemed yeah. like your whole, um, it seems like your whole bubble was around that mm -hmm. incident. You see what I'm saying? And the decision yeah. you made later. I'm not going outside of here. I can play basketball, but if I interact with them, then possibly the same type of thing comes right back in where, you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. going to believe me. It's going to make me not feel safe. So I just wanted to say that before you can go, you know, straight on yeah. with the but I just yeah. was sitting thinking <laughs> my brain was going. Yeah. No, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And even, you know, there's the school aspect, but also my mom, well, my, and my mom is amazing. My mom mm -hmm. is great. You know, she's she's very loving. And it's, I think uh, it's something that she's expressed now. You know, at, at the time she was, I don't know, like mid, you know, like 28, 27. Right, right. You know, a lot of uh, these these um, psychological aspects that you just described weren't mm -hmm. as, um, there's what there wasn't as much awareness. So I think she, I you know, in some conversations I've had with her as I've gotten older, she wishes she did more to supply that you know, that safety blanket right, um, you know, it wasn't a blanket, but that, you know, maybe not sending me to school the next day, just making sure that I, mm -hmm. you know, secure, mm -hmm. uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, that really defined me. But, uh, and, but also, I will say, I do believe in some sense that happened for a reason. Mm. It gotcha. was just part of my journey. Yeah. Gotcha. In, in 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 growth and the things that I've learned, it, you know, it's easy to look back on life and have a lot of regrets about right. things, the decisions we didn't do, the decisions, you know, to take that job. That because that's what right. I was doing, right? right? I was like, what, should, what if I took this job and oh, what about that job I turned down? And what if mm -hmm. I what if I went all out when I played basketball? You know, right? I, you know, um, but I do now. I, I believe that was part of that was supposed to happen. That was just a part of my mm -hmm. journey. I got that's it. And now I can share that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so then you know I, I got this job and I was kind of like, oh gosh, what about what do I do? And I don't want to. I always like to make sure I don't. I'm not. Paint, I don't want to paint the picture that I was just this re, re, depressed recluse, like in the house. You know, I had mm -hmm. you know I had a good life and I, I right. traveled here and there. But right. when it came to going to work. When I was at work, it was just like I was walking through those doors and like I was like just I didn't it wasn't challenging. I feel like mm -hmm. I had more to give. Uh, but then I read this book called um, Positive Intelligence. And that book really shaped my life. It really changed my life um, because one, it helped me shift my perspective about the world and also myself. And I wasn't internalizing 
um, what I looked at as mistakes in the past. Right. Let me look forward and just accept, not not define my environment or uh, where I was in life as, as mm-hmm. negative so much. Um, yeah. But what it also provided me was the insights that, oh, I actually don't want what I thought I wanted. I actually don't want a nine to five traditional career. Like, again, wow. I didn't actually, I was like, wait, I actually don't want that. That was just that was just what society and you know family like that was what I thought mm-hmm. like you know we're told we're supposed to go after. And right. I was like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So then I was like, well, I don't want that. So yeah. yeah. So, so then I was like, well, I don't want that. So I don't feel bad for not having that. You know. But mm-hmm. then I got into a place where it's like, well, I don't want this though. I don't want to be here. Right. So and that, it also led me on a path of my you know start a personal development. Mm-hmm. Uh, personal, really going down the path, you know, reading more books and mm-hmm. you know, like not drinking as much and not going out as much. And mm. just, just, and I, and I don't even think it was intentional at the beginning, but just doing different things. Um, you just, uh, traveling more, which opens your mind. Sure and maybe does. 2018, I just kind of got to 2018. I just got to a place where I was, I was like, I cannot be at this job anymore. Like I have mm. to, you know, it was just, I can't be here, you know, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know I went to a career coach. I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out the next steps. So, um, and I, I didn't have enough money to quit, but I had a lot of leave left. I had mm-hmm. a lot of leave saved up PTO. Mm-hmm. So I took two months off to go volunteer in uh, Cartagena, Cartagena, Colombia, teaching English. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, I never lived outside, you know, when I traveled some, right. I never, I never spent more than two weeks outside the DC area at that point in my life. Okay. Uh, you know, I wanted to do something that was of service and just different and um, mm-hmm. really put myself really in this, in a lot of ways, put myself in an uncomfortable, um, but rewarding situation. So, mm-hmm. and that really just break out of that safety net. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So that was uh, four years ago when I went there and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that was um yeah, that was a really a life-changing journey in a lot of like a life-changing experience mm. in a lot of ways. Uh so then yeah, since then it's just kind of like been like, whoa, I've just been just trying to hold on. Um it really excelled a lot of the growth that I've had. Uh around right around that time, I learned about the um the subject of my book, mm-hmm. read off signaling, uh, which was attached to a product. So I was sharing that a lot. So it just mm-hmm. that since then I just really um, just really, you know, just put the, you know, ignition into just my growth and personal development and creating new things in my life. Mm-hmm. And have you noticed yourself? I know, uh, in my own personal journey, but like, once you start on that personal development, you start in that mode. And then it's like, whether you intend to or not, as you, I call it grow as you grow, or go as you grow, people start falling off because either they're growing as well or they're resistant to it. So it's not even like sometimes that you want the relationship to end, but it's just that it's just something that ends up happening because of where you are on your healing and wholeness journey and like where they're mm-hmm. where they are. So that either they fall off on their own or you end up having to release it. But have you noticed that how like the relationships change and then what you aligning yourself to all of that changes as well? Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, because it can get to it can it get when you're going through a transition, and it has, yes, I have I have experienced that. And when you're going through transitions like that, it mm-hmm. can it can be feel lonely, right? Um, at times until right. you find your you know your new tribe. Mm-hmm. Some people yep describe it or your new people you just vibe with on a right. on a different level a deeper mm-hmm. level and it doesn't mean you don't have love for people that um you know in your past or you have really close relationships with it's just right. you just see the world different you don't relate the same that's true um, and that's yeah that's definitely something that i experienced you know my before this transition it wasn't you know it wasn't overnight it was very much and I don't even think I noticed at the time. Right. Uh, but I was very much, you know, into nightlife and going out having a good time. Mm-hmm. And slowly, you know, slowly I just start cutting back on that. Again, I mentioned I stopped drinking as much. Right. And I kind of like 
clear my head a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, and and as I you know start going to workshops and retreats, you know, like I you just I didn't I just didn't relate to you know and the conversations I wanted to have weren't mm-hmm. the same conversations that I wanted to have in the past. Right. You know? And mm-hmm. I, I and sometimes I felt myself trying to force those um trying to hold on to those relationships. Yep. Because you know you love you have love for people and they have love for you. Uh, yes. and I would be in a certain environments and it just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I belong here anymore. Yep. That is exactly, um, that's exactly like you said, the point right there, you start thinking, do I still belong here? Mm-hmm. And, or if you feel, if you know that you still belong there, you, you start thinking as well, like, okay, I've got to figure out a roundabout way to tackle whatever this person is saying because I don't agree with what they're saying, which is fine. We're free to have our own opinion. However, I can't sit and go along with it. So you're thinking in your head of a way to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Get your opinion absolutely. and you know what I'm saying? And line yeah. like your new way of living with it so you can express it. Cause this is like, no, what you're you know, we can still hang. Cause some situations, like you said, you're just like, I totally don't belong here anymore. And then there's others where there are some things that have been said for so long. And then you're just thinking like, no, but I see differently. I got a new pair of glasses on and I yeah, sit exactly. and go yeah. along with this, <laughs> you know, and it's like, let me think of a way to kind of get this out to express because I'm not going along with this anymore. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's like uh, those type of things that change your whole, you know, and like, like I said, you don't even realize it. Once you start reading a lot of different things, and your mindset starts shifting, mm-hmm. everything else automatically starts following with slowly without you even realizing this happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, hit it, you hit the nail on the head. It um and it's yeah, it's for me, it and I, and I remind my I had to remind myself of this because you know, still on the path of growth yeah. and development, and right sometimes, you know, I, I get frustrated because it's it's like, well, why? Why do I'm still thinking this way? Why, you know, mm-hmm. just certain things you're still trying to, you know, work through. Right. Like I'm, you know, I'm not growing fast mm-hmm. enough. But then, because it's 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 a steady pace. A lot of times, I mean, it can happen like overnight for for right. people. It's a it's a steady pace, but you don't you're not noticing the shift. Uh, right. But then when then when I reflect back on my past and the person I was just e- even two years ago, you know, right. it's like oh wow no I've I've changed. I mean, I don't even recognize myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've even I even had friends comment on that. Uh, mm. Some of the friends who I might not, you know, um, communicate with as much. Right. Just, just maybe some of the things they see on social media, or when we do connect. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're a completely different person. Right. So it's like okay, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. It just I ends up like that. you said. It just uh, happens overnight. Now, what do you think when it causes, and I know we've kind of, we pretty much hit on this, so I'm not going to even ask that question about the disconnection in relationships, because we just talked about the growth and all of that. Uh, for What I will ask you, though, is your definition of a toxic relationship, and then why do you think that people stay in that for so long? Yeah, that's a great question. Um. So what I would, you know, my definition of a t- toxic relationship, I'll just, I'll use my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, this is, you know, this can mean a lot of things, but and I'll try to elaborate. Mm-hmm. Relationships that aren't, that aren't serving me um, in some form of fashion. And that mm-hmm. can be, uh, you know, a lot of times, at least when I, uh, think of toxic relationship, I immediately go to uh, like personal, you know, um, uh, romantic relationships, right? You know, um, but also like friendships, you know, mm-hmm. that aren't serving. So back to we start to have a disconnection from people that we were close to. How people communicate, how they maybe how they treat you, how, maybe not respecting where you are, um, the growth that you've had, in. Mm-hmm. In in some ways, even just their different perspective in life 
or maybe how they react to different things. Right. Doesn't mean that. So, you know, toxic, I think a lot of times it's like some, this person, this person is toxic. Mm-hmm. Like, this person is, and it, this person is, you know, bad or mm-hmm. this person is um, not good or this person mm-hmm. is harming you. And, and that, it can mean that, you know, it can, that could, that could be the dynamics. Right. But for me, it's been like just where I'm at, my perspective on the world doesn't mean it's right. That's just where I'm at with mm-hmm. how I see the world and myself and how I want right. to react and how I want to communicate with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else's perspective is different and where they are. And it doesn't mean they're wrong. It's just different for me. And being in um, an environment such as that or communicating um, with individuals that maybe not want to show the same respect for others mm-hmm. that doesn't that that's not serving me yeah you know? or the kind of conversations that the converse conversations they want to like have you know right. like the kind of things you want to talk about maybe it's talking about other people or right <laughs> you know right. which, is, which is you know in judging other people or how we react in in the social situations mm-hmm. to um, something we find disagreeable, you know, mm-hmm. like I want to, you know, it's a work. I'm not saying I'm perfect at those things, but I want to um, represent myself a certain, I want to show up a certain way. That's what I'm striving right. for. Right. And, and a toxic relationship, you know, in my experience can be where I'm not, where, where me and another individual mm-hmm. um, are, are so out of alignment uh, that it's not, it's not, it's no, it's not serving me to, um, to place myself in that, in that environment or sphere. Wow. I totally uh, agree with that as going back to the alignment again, that you you just said you're not in alignment and making me think about even like, as I was talking about with growing, how you're no longer in alignment with that person. And so then, you know, it's like, it kind of falls off. Whereas before, uh, before the growth happens is like, whatever they say, even if you don't totally agree with it, Mm-hmm. We'll keep on with the relationship because it's almost like sometimes we make an idol out of whatever small amount of value we're getting, whatever value we're getting from it. We make an idol out of that and we make an idol out of the history of the relationship. You yeah. know, I've known David uh, since, you know, we were in kindergarten. You know what I mean? We we, we uh, went to kindergarten together. We were in the same center and we went and played in the sandbox and on the seesaws and the merry-go-round. So then you want to hold on to it because you knew him from the, you know, the sandbox, so to speak. Right. And then yeah. it's like, OK, there's Susan, you know, but uh, her mother and my mother, they were in mom's groups together when we were little. So I want to hold on to that. See what I'm saying? So it's like you yeah. hold on to it because of um, the uh, history of it, you know whatever value they're giving you, which nine times out of 10, especially in a relationship that's toxic, it'll end up being where you might be getting two to 10% value. And then 90 to 92% of toxicity or 98% toxicity. But because mm-hmm. of that little bit of bit of value they're giving you, you know, some resource you're getting from them because of the fact you don't have the means to get that resource yourself. So you'll just keep it going. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Cuz you you had that bond, you know, mm-hmm. you that right. Bond. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you had that bond and it could be, you know, that person, you know, that person loves you. Right. You know, you know, yes. Like yeah. that person loves you and you know right. it. And they, you they they helped you and mm-hmm. they you know, look they maybe they looked out for you in, in in different times in your life and you have a genuine care and and love for each other, but there you go. You you so and it's hard to it's hard to let and for me it's been it can be really hard to let that go mm-hmm. because you know because of that you know experience you've had with that person right uh, you know mm-hmm. that the the um the just the again the, the love that they that they have for you um, yeah but mm-hmm. I've had I've had yeah situations uh. Yeah, very difficult situations. I would even maybe that to this day still I'm trying to work through in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh I know, but every time I put myself 
back in that, um, uh, you know, just, just, you know, experience that, and you know, people, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just kind of a reminder, like, yeah, you know, you just got to, you know, cut the cord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very hard. I know exactly what you mean. Like you said, cu- cutting the cord, because uh, what happens, like you said, you've got that, that, that history there, you got those memories there, you got whatever value they're giving you, but it's so much toxicity that you know that if you stay in it, uh, you're going to just by default, because you're hanging with this person, they're bleeding out. And so some of their blood is getting out, it's getting on you because it's kind of like I always use this example. You know, I used to watch Tom and Jerry as a kid. And it was one mm-hmm. time where somebody took a pitchfork and they punctured Tom in his bottom. And it was mm-hmm. all these different holes. So he had been drinking water, water started coming out of his bottom, right? So if it's a person that's toxic and they've got toxins, emotional, spiritual, mental toxins leaking out of them, out of those holes, mm-hmm. it's going to get on you because you're hanging with them. You see wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like being in a home that's got black mold. You can't think you're going to be in that home in that environment and nothing's going to happen to you if this if it's just completely infected with black mold. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. this person is walking around and just picture them like with Tom, Tom and Jerry with holes <laughs> in them. And they're just completely like bleeding out all of their issues. It's going to get on you. You see what I'm saying? Because a yeah, lot of those individuals, they don't manage. They don't understand how to manage the emotions. We all have to learn how to do that. And then some have the situation where it's so bad, like with narcissistic individuals, they have an issue when it comes to regulating their emotions so that's why they depend upon other people other people are like an emotional dumping ground for them slash emotional regulator you see what i'm saying so you're always going to end up getting the brunt after dealing with them because if it's something they can't handle and so what they do is just like oh i'll just dump it on him or her but that's not what we're supposed to do we're supposed to be responsible for our own emotions we want to create it you know what i'm saying that Thing. So it, it can be very interesting when it comes to those dynamics of uh, the relationship dynamics, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. It's, it's really something, isn't it? When you look at it and you mm-hmm. keep, I want to stay, I want to stay in this thing. But what you're holding on to, you've made an idol out of and you're not getting that much value out of it. Yeah. You don't want to let go of whatever it is that's connecting to you connecting you to that person and sometimes you've act you're actually so tied to that thing you see what yeah. i'm saying mm-hmm. where you're entangled in it now so you don't know how to come out of it so yeah, yeah. interesting conversation <laughs> yeah yeah that's powerful yeah. that's powerful thank oh, you oh my word yeah. yes. Yes. oh my goodness so now we'll shift gears uh i know i had questions but it's like i'm letting the holy spirit just yeah 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 i love, <laughs> the it. I love this conversation I yeah, so what I'll do is have you to talk about your book sure. and, and how that can kind of tie into toxic relationships, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wrote my book. Um, my book is called Life's Biohack, mm-hmm. um, Health Secret, the Health Secrets of Redox Signaling. And mm-hmm. I turned it, I use the term life's biohack. Uh, so life, you know, we all understand life, uh, what life is, it composites. Mm-hmm everything every plant animal insects um right so trees plants you know everything bacteria right. and uh biohack you know biohacking is a i would say a niche in the health and wellness field where individuals um you know use i say specific modalities um could be devices um instruments mm-hmm. some you know more elaborate than others and also maybe specific uh, nutraceuticals mm. um you know, specific supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's biohack. But I use but I use the term biohack because for my book, because life's biohack, you know, within us, our body makes these things called redox cellular messengers. And mm-hmm. these cellular messengers are made inside the body. And they support and optimize the health um and 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 function of all life on the planet. Mm-hmm. So life's biohack. And uh, these cellular messengers um, are intricate, uh, are, are the most foundational aspect to how our body stays young, stays healthy, 
and communicates, I would say, being messengers, all the functions uh, within our body. And I learned about this um, topic about uh, four and a half years ago, like I mentioned, it was a product that um, has um, managed this, this product that contains the receipt of our cellular messengers so we can replenish them. Uh, and about a, seven months ago, I was watching a documentary uh, about toxins in the environment and how the use of these toxins correlate to um, increased disease mm -hmm. in humans. So I was like, I really frustrated. So I said, you know what, I'm going to bring more awareness to this field of health um, of redox si signaling mm -hmm. and how it supports the body in a really short digestible um, read uh, for the readers. Because this redox signaling, you know, most people haven't heard of it, but it's a vast and well-studied area of science. Uh, so, yeah, just get, bring more awareness. Um, and it's not about the product, but if, you know, if the the read, the book resonates with people, um, it speaks to them, they can take that information and uh, perhaps look into how to replenish the cellular messengers so they can keep a sharp mind, hmm. uh, keep a strong body so they can... Right. Stay active uh, and youthful and mm -hmm. rejuvenate. Stay rejuvenated as, the, as they get older. Right. Oh, wow. That sounds very, very interesting. And um, my mind is always turning <laughs> and going, you know, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, as you're talking about the redox and how the sales and the messages they give and all of that, it even made me think about uh, tying that into uh, when you're in the toxic relationships. Right. And individual, you know, when you, when you experience trauma from like, you know, how to talk about kind of like going back to picturing that uh, house with that black mm -hmm. mold and that individual has been traumatized, right. With that, from that person that's leaking out, so to speak, right. Who's bleeding out and leaking out everywhere. And it's like, over time, what happens is, uh, cause there's just one book called the body keeps the score. So the next thing, you know, you've got all this trauma and we think that it's just like emotional thing, but the whole thing is inside of our bodies and cells that have been changed. Yeah. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to tie it into, uh, you know, toxic relationships mm -hmm. um, to, to what you just said, you said it perfectly, you know, our, we're made of cells. That's what our mm -hmm. bodies are. And if our cells are communicating properly, functioning, uh, staying regenerated um and this 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 deals with you know our whole body and our mind right um, our mind balanced um and healthy that can you know if if we're healthy if our mind is healthy mm -hmm. then we you know then you know if I'm, if I'm healthy i can and i'm thinking properly i can better identify toxic relationships um i can avoid toxic behavior mm -hmm. um, and specifically this is this redox signaling um, the, in the body and in the supplement um, helps cells to stay um, conscious and enlightened um, to, ah. to tie it into to tie it into a more you know metaphysical um, philosophy. So wow. if we're staying conscious and enlightened, then we can avoid toxic relationships and be, avoid being toxic ourselves. Wow, that is some good stuff. So with that signaling. Uh, can you explain that just a little bit more? I'm just kind of going to get a picture of that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So I use a, I like to use an analogy. So uh, it's kind of like the way to think of, so I'll start with our body. Um, so our, in our, in our cells, you know, in our, we're made of cells. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to, our, there's communication, right? Right. Um, it has to, you know, cells communicate with each other. So they're, when they, so they can identify damaged cells, so they mm -hmm. can identify cells that need to be replaced and regenerated. Mm -hmm. um, and the way to think about it is a cut, right? Right. So when we get a cut on our hand, um, we just, okay, it heals, it repairs. It, when we're young, it does that mm -hmm. very quickly. Right. Uh, much more much quicker than, you know, it slows down as we get older. But we don't probably never think about how does the body know how to repair that tissue, repair those cells to close it and mm -hmm. heal it. Right. There has to be some sort of uh, signaling or communication yeah. within the body. Right. And this redox cell, these redox cellular messengers 
are um, foundational to that communication in the body. So they're kind of like mailmen that go around delivering, uh, you know, vital information that needs to be acted on um, to keep us healthy, to keep us strong, to identify Mm -hmm. cells that start to get mutated, um, communicate, tells our immune system where is it, where it needs to go in the body, mm-hmm. utilizes antioxidants. Um, just, it's just real vast. And chapter, I think it's chapter six. I kind of like identify mm-hmm. 13 to 14 areas in the body um, mm-hmm. that science has identified. These, uh, this system, this redox system right. uh, plays a role in anything where from infertility, uh, fertility, aging, mm-hmm. uh, exercise. Okay. Uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. Wow. So this whole system... I, I like the way you put it then as far as like thinking about it as a little male man, mm-hmm. you know, delivering mail, you know, like at the different stations, so to speak, and, and communicating that way. Yeah. Yeah. Another good analogy I like to use is so say we have a car, right? Mm-hmm. So a car is the car, you know, mm-hmm. the engine might be I don't know, the heart and the you know tires or the arms and legs. Right. And fuel, you know, fuel and oil. Um, and coolant, the car needs those to to run efficiently, mm-hmm. but those aren't the car, right? Mm. That's, that's kind of like nutrients, right? Okay. Mother Nature, God put nutrients on the earth, right? Um, to nourish it, it mm-hmm. you know, knew that we would need these things so we can flourish and be healthy. Okay, um, and it's kind of like the oils, you know, they're important, mm. but they're not part of the car. But mm-hmm. there's thing, you know, when we turn the car on, there's a signal, right? I- you know, we got the warm, you know, we have the gas um, indicator that mm-hmm. there's a system of, of communication. So uh, that that indication can be on the panel. Mm-hmm. And as, as it lowers, you know, it has to be some sort of signal to the electronics. And right. we annoying, you know, we get those annoying warning lights that yeah. something needs to be addressed in the car. It needs mm-hmm. to be. Um, it needs to tune up or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a signal, right? There's a signal like, hey, there's something going on in here. So that's what these redox cellular messengers do. Um, oh. They are, you know, they are the part of the body, and so okay. this redox uh, supplementation is not like nutrition. It's actually um, restoring. It's almost like replacing a part in the car. It's oh. replacing a part, a system in our body that grows deficient. As we age, so our body can better, you know, uh, identify signal to itself like, hey, this needs to be fixed over here. This needs to be addressed. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it keeps everything, you know, uh, running, running as it should. Oh, uh, so now we can stay, yeah, stay, you know, quickly. So it's quickly regenerating our cells. Um, it's it's keeping us strong, keeping our brain sharp and active. Mm-hmm. So we get older. Um, we can it can allow us to I like to say stays active stay stay more physically active mm. as we get older. Okay, wow, that is really something. And you know, it does more than that, but I'm not allowed to say all that. <laughs> that again now. I said I said it does more than that as far as people that might have health issues, but uh, I'm not allowed to you know say it does this and does that. <laughs> right, right. No, I got what you. I, I totally uh, get that. Um, but yeah, I like the way that you described that as far as like, okay, here's the, the signal goes off. This, what needs to be taken care of, like, whether it's cha- like you said, w- when it comes to a car, perfect example, your mm-hmm. oil needs to be changed, right? Uh, your car is overheating. You know what I'm saying? It's like the temperature. Yeah. So all of those different things, you know, let you know that this needs to, you know, this attention in this area, this type of thing. Right. And yeah. Uh, just to show you how the Holy Spirit works, you're explaining about like the little, the mailman and the communication and dropping off, mm-hmm. little, you know, uh, letters along the way and packages, so to speak. And like you said, the sick, the whole signaling process. And it made me think about, okay, you say it's redox signaling. That's the word for it, right? Redox. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. So then it made me think about the virtue signaling when you are in a toxic relationship right and then you've got a person that's a self-righteous cerebral narcissist right you've got that self-righteous side that loves uh their loving laws and rules right and then Mm -hmm. cerebral side i'm a know-it-all i know everything as a matter of fact i know more than god do so you got that together for the Mm self-righteous cerebral narcissist so then you've got that self-righteous side 
uh, the self-righteous part of the self-righteous cerebral narcissist, they do virtue signaling. And so uh, with that virtue signaling, what uh, those individuals will do, they will signal the different areas like you, we talked about with the car, you know, the light comes on, the oil needs to be changed. Okay, the temperature gauge shows your car is overheating. You see what I'm saying? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you're low on some other type of oil. So they will signal which areas they think that you need to change. And so it's very subtle. And it's like after they mention it, you're thinking, wait a minute. Something seems off about what they see. Just like we talked about communication. and yeah. Tell either if you're thinking you don't belong or you need to speak up and say what you think about that, even if you do. So I'm going to give an example. So if you're talking to someone that's a self-righteous uh, narcissist, whether mm -hmm. it's self-righteous narcissist or self-righteous cerebral narcissist, nine times out of 10, that's what it is. But anyways, when you're having a conversation and they do virtual signaling, like say, for instance, I'm talking to you and mm -hmm. I'm telling you that I've gone and purchased a small stereo system because I didn't want my whole entire house focused on uh, electronics and luxury. So then what is that? What am I telling you? What am, the hidden message is something's wrong with you. If you have a stereo system, that's really big and it's taking up your living room. You see what I'm saying? If I can mm -hmm. like those individuals, when they do that and they've got that spirit inside of them of self-righteous narcissism, it's like there's an energy that comes with it. Just like when you talk mm -hmm. about the redux signaling, there's an energy that comes with yeah. it. So when they see it, they say what they say, and it's so subtle. But then after it's said, you sit there like, something don't feel, huh? Some, something don't feel right about what they just said. And then when you, with a group of people, you'll notice that other people in the group are kind of looking a little bit puzzled. So yeah. the is like, for the rest of you guys that got big stereo systems, you know what I'm saying? This means uh -huh. that you're not righteous enough. You know, this means you're not showing. Uh, so you need to go down to what I have, this small system. So for some reason, they look at those type of individuals that's infected, so to speak, I would say, with that spirit. They look at, they become uh, obsessed with the size of things. Like if you have a really big TV, then all of a sudden that means that that's what your life is centered around, which we know size doesn't have to do with anything because mm -hmm. we could have a 12 inch TV and watch it for 50 hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> what yeah. That could be our idol. And we can have literally an 80 to 100 inch TV on the wall and rarely watch TV. Yeah, exactly. So for some reason, it goes back to me and you talking about that worldview, some kind of way. It's like a combination of their worldview, upbringing, mm -hmm. childhood, false doctrine and theology. They've got this twisted sense of how you're supposed to live for God, if that makes sense. And so then another thing that they will signal, like, uh, like that was an example with electronics. So in another example would be they would tell you about a grocery store, right? And this grocery store has a lot of good things, right? And it's like on the cheaper end. So they will talk about that so much that it's like, it's letting you know for the rest of the group, you're missing out on something. See this here, I'm signaling to you right here, this is a problem. So if you're going anywhere else other than this grocery store, something's wrong with you because it's not showing that you're righteous enough. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, that makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense. I like. Yeah, I, I appreciate how you. Um, yeah, just everything is communication, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> everything is signaling. Everything is communication, and uh, like this redox signaling is very subtle. And what you described is, you know, that that virtue signaling and mm -hmm. be very subtle, but it's something. You know, something like, oh, okay, like what's <laughs> right. know, the vibe you get, right? It's right, it's like, the vibe, right? It's like something don't feel right here. Right. You see what yeah. I'm saying? It's like uh -huh. everybody's sitting there in the group. If it's a group thing, you're just like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know how somebody's saying something that's, but it's like nobody dares to uh, outwardly question this individual that's saying it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so there's something how both systems, the redox signaling, redox uh -huh. signaling, and you got the virtual signal. It's something that's done that's subtle. 
but it's still signaling there's a problem here and you mm -hmm. need to fix it. And if you're not paying attention to this problem, there's going to be something that's going to be wrong. And we, see what I'm saying? Well, virtual signals like something's wrong with you if you're not doing what I'm doing because yeah. look at how virtuous I am. What? Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it, it's really amazing. And then uh, just one more point on that before we go to the fire questions. Mm -hmm. In scripture, uh, you had the Pharisees mm -hmm. and the way that they did virtual signaling uh, in scripture is that they would wear uh, these large prayer boxes that they call phylacteries. Mm -hmm. They would wear them around their wrists or around their head and have them hanging <laughs> with scripture verses and they're over enlarged. Wow. Now, not like, not like the regular size. They had to say, see, look, look at how good I am. Look at how holy I am. So they had these whole, uh, over enlarged prayer boxes hanging either from their arms, their wrists, mm -hmm. or their head. Now, can you imagine how ridiculous that looked? <laughs> but this was their signal. So holy. And then they also would wear overly enlarged tassels, mm. extended tassels hanging from their prayer shawls. So that was another way of saying, look mm. at me, something's wrong with you. <laughs> you need to fix this area. You right. know? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? it? It really is. It really is. Wow. That sounds that sounds like a sight. <laughs> And that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, I'm trying, as I'm reading scripture, I'm like, I'm trying to picture this, like, why would someone want to walk around with something that big? And it's like, duh, <laughs> you know, I'm virtuous. I'm holy. You see what I'm saying? And right. you got to get yeah. with the program. You know, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> oh my word. But like I said, for some reason, size is still one of them. Like I talked about, I gave you the example of electronics. So it's like, okay, but with them, it's like, I'm holy because I got big prayer, you know, these big old prayer boxes hanging off of me and these long uh, tassels hanging from my prayer shawl. So that makes me more virtuous, so to speak. You see right. what I mean? Yeah. It's just I amazing, know. I tell you. <laughs> oh, my word. So we'll get to some <laughs> of the rapid fire questions. Okay. okay. Then what I'll do is have you to let the audience know how they can get in touch with you, how they can get your book and other products and services that you offer. Okay. First rapid fire, what's your favorite kitchen gadget? Oh, my favorite kitchen gadget. Oh, that's a yeah. good question. Oh, man, my favorite kitchen gadget is probably, uh, I guess, a, the knife. A knife? Is that a yeah. gadget? Knife. Hey, it could be a gadget, yeah. yeah knife, spoon, any of that. Knife. It's, yep, right knife. Specifically, specifically a sharp knife. Okay, you like a sharp knife. Yeah, because the dull knives, a lot of times I can't do a lot with that. But I always need, I'm all, I find myself always just cutting the sweet potato. Or yeah. Bag, just cutting something. I'm always trying to find. That's the thing I'm always looking for the most in my kitchen is a sharp knife. Okay. And it's nothing worse than not having one, isn't it? And you really cut something and you're like, man, this, <laughs> this is jacked up. Yeah. So a sharp knife is important. Now, what about uh, some songs on your playlist? Uh, so I just thought of something, and mm -hmm. my partner, Ruthie, would mm -hmm. be like, you didn't say this for Gadget. I got to go back really <laughs> my, Actually, my this might be my favorite, because it's mm -hmm. my blender. Ah, your blender. Because I, I love smoothies. We make smoothies. Right. I love, I love my smoothies, so I would have to go. Mm. I have to say my blender. I have to say the blender. The blender takes precedence over the knife now. <laughs> yeah, blend, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I the knife is in second place. That is so yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Because I, because I can, because I can't, because I can still get some stuff done without the sharp mm -hmm. knife. It'd be difficult, but I can't right? make smoothies without my blender. So that is there. true. Right. <laughs> you gotta have a blender for the if you're making smoothies a lot. So can you think of any songs or a favorite song or a couple of songs that you like to listen to? Sure. Um, oh man, I don't I have a few songs that I like to listen to. Um, one is called um Beautiful Music. And I can't remember the artist's name. I've been listening okay. to a lot of beautiful music. Um Fix You by Coldplay mm -hmm. is one of my favorite songs. Okay. Uh what else? I mean, it's a lot, a lot of songs is just. Um, I don't even know that I just hear it and start listening to it. Um, mm -hmm. What else? Those are two that stand out, right? To come okay. off of. Bali music. It's called Bali music, not good music. Bali music. Okay. Wow. That's pretty cool. And what about three books that you think you can't live without? Um, 
positive intelligence, what I mentioned earlier, that saved my life. Um, changed my life. Changed my life. Mm -hmm. The Untethered Soul. That's a book. Sounds uh, really, familiar. Yeah, it's by Michael Singer. Okay. Uh, it's a book about uh, just being not allowing our thoughts control to control our actions and decisions. Mm. Yeah, it's a very it's a spiritual book. It's a spiritual. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's probably why I've heard it. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, thinking of all the different things I've read, that title mm -hmm. sounds very familiar. Yeah, mm. and uh, another one is Mock Two with Your Hair on Fire. That's a book that I love. It's from my my one of my mentors, Richard Brooke. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a personal development book, a short okay. one, right? Uh, just about you know nothing new, but just mm -hmm. in a different way. Just about okay. you know how our life, our life experiences shapes shapes how we see the world, shapes our beliefs about ourselves mm -hmm. and the story we tell in our head, and how to change that story. Mm -hmm. and what we can create in our life if we just if we change the story in our head. Yeah, tools like you know affirmations, uh, videos, mm -hmm. you know, things. Things along in that nature that allow us to change change the story in our head, essentially. Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. And it's something you mentioned that because it's going back to like when we start talking about, you know, your story and how you share. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's really something. So yeah. what do the answers to those questions say about who you are as a person? Your favorite kitchen gadget, the song mm. playlist and the books you can't live without. What does that say about you as a whole? Wow, you know what? <laughs> I didn't even. It, it was, I, I want to think. Does it does that match up? And I think it. I think it does. So I have a saying. I call it like my my slogan or my saying, and it's it's be healthy, um, be inspired, and live free. Ah, and, yes. And, uh, oh my word! That well, is be healthy. Awesome. Be healthy might not be in there, but just mm -hmm. to you know, be inspired and live free. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but you know, we can change the story in our head. Um, you know, the, all those books talk about, you know, growth mm -hmm. um, coming and when we find something that, you know, find things in our life that inspire us, you know, mm -hmm. from travel, it's health, uh, it could be, you know, it could be an instrument, it could be music, it could be coaching, it could be mm -hmm. a podcast, whatever. It allows us to, I found, to, to, to live free. And that can mean, that can take a lot of different forms and shapes okay. for everybody, mm -hmm. but you're designing and creating your own life and by changing the story in our head, not, you know, a lot of times our thoughts can, can lead us in the wrong direction. Mm, you know, right. know, we, we listen to the wrong thoughts, I'll say. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and being, being positive people. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. What about some parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave with the audience? Uh, I'll share this. Uh, I was in Ecuador in uh, the end of last year in December, mm -hmm. and I came across a real, um, real wise man, and we were having a conversation, and he said that, you know, he thinks that in some form or fashion, we're all here to serve, mm -hmm. you know, be of service to others, and there's, you know, 8 billion people on the planet, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of opportunity to be of service to others, so, uh, and I, I, I believe that. You know, that doesn't have to be what we do as our profession. You know, serving people can be, you know, letting people over in a, you know, in the car, you know, until right. the lane they're trying to get over or keeping the door, just smiling. That's but I true. think if we all set that intention uh, as we go out in our days and our life, just, you know, be of service in some form of fashion to, to other people, to strangers, mm -hmm. even, then oh, yeah. the world would be a better place. It definitely would be a better place. Now, if people want to get, in touch with you, how would they do that? Yeah, they can. Um, I'm on Facebook at Ricardo.Wilkins. Uh, okay. Instagram, I am Ricardo Wilkins. Uh, my new book, uh, you can go to ricardosbook.com. They'll take yeah. you to my Amazon site. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I also have a site, ricardowilkins.com, which talks about some of the things I do in travel. Oh, wow. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. This has really been a blessed conversation.
this hole that I've dug for me. He made a valley of grace where things would change, and maybe they take up the cross high again. The valley of grace was never the same after he had died. Love that refines There's no sense Trying to do it on my own He gave more Than I could have known He turned those valleys Into places to learn Instead of burn and perish away in nights never so cold without his grace how could i say that i've seen the world from his great love how could i know what he could love how would i've seen what he had in store for me if i up and let him be my valley of grace where things would change and maybe they'd take up the cross high again the valley of grace never was the same after he had died the love that refines So much for me